It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are on with a Gophers postcast. We have to talk about what just happened with the Gophers versus Ohio State game and get ready for the final game of the week. We've got Ron Johnson. We're going to have Adam Weber, and I'm Kane Robb. Let's jump in. You are Locked On Golden Gophers postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so this is the Locked On Golden Gophers postcast. We're jumping in live after the Gophers lose 37-3, to a tough one, but I am joined here by Gophers legend Adam Weber and Gophers legend Ron Johnson. We're going to dive into the nitty-gritty and talk about this game. The Gophers lose another two players to injury in Darius Green and Zach Evans, but it was half-hearted the entire game. Ron, what are your immediate thoughts coming off of this loss? Uh, I mean, honestly, it was, it was not good. Uh, there's nothing I can really say to, to salvage this, those three points. I don't care what kind of uh, 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 what do they always say? I forgot what they call moral victory. They want to get out of this. There is none. Like there were a lot of plays. I would say the coaches called that were well, and the receivers didn't execute. The quarterbacks didn't execute, or the offensive line didn't execute. And then there were some plays the coaches called and off. And I'm speaking mainly offensively. And you're just like, man. And then defensively, I mean, honestly, like I, I feel like for the most part, Marvin Harrison didn't even have to get used. You know, it's like having a, a, a Mercedes or a ferrari in the garage and you're like i'm gonna just take the i'm gonna just take the uh the 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 uh the, the ford explorer out or something you know like it's just like i'm gonna take old trusty out i'm gonna run some basic stuff i don't want to show michigan anything right now anyway and that's what it felt like like it felt like marvin harrison jr probably didn't even need to play this game and they still would have had the same result because he only had what three or four catches one touchdown which that one touchdown should have been negated if the gophers did what i said on the pregame show which is double him the entire game and they for the most part stay in the cover two shell but then down in the red zone that's the tough part i would have treated him like calvin johnson on in the red zone goal line i'm du- i'm putting two guys on him like he's like i'm a gunner and like he's the gunner and i'm putting two guys on him and saying look beat me with somebody else besides this kid and uh it wouldn't have mattered anyway you take his touchdown away they still lose by 30 so i mean it's, it's tough For sure. And I'm going to push it right over to you, Adam. What are your immediate thoughts here? It felt like there was a lot of conservative play from the offense in a game that was two scores or less in that first half. What did you take away from the Gophers effort in this one or the the way they decided to run it in the early on stages of this game? Yeah, you know, when you're playing a team as talented as Ohio State and given the season that the Gophers have had, um, you're hoping to see a little bit more being aggressive but then again pj and that staff they traditionally have been they're conservative right they're going to kind of play their style of ball regardless of where they're playing um it works if you're michigan it works if you're ohio state but if you don't have the dudes to back it up um and you make mistakes costly mistakes uh you just can't do it you know pj wants to uh, an uh, ideal game you know you're you're 40 rushes 55 rushes and you have the ball for 40 and 40 minutes uh, but when you play a game uh, against Ohio State at their place, you're going to have to do something special, some creative plays, find ways uh, to get them on their heels. And we just weren't able to do that. Uh, and I didn't see that really at all. Um, and it felt like almost like the, the Michigan game where after they after Ohio State went up the two scores, um, we kind of put it into the let's just run, run the game out, run the clock out, and let's get to the Wisconsin game. Both teams were ready to go on to the next week, it seemed like, after that uh, – 
once the score was kind of insurmountable. Adam, I have a question for you, though. So when you look at uh, this game as a quarterback, so I want you to put, put yourself in a quarterback's mindset. Now, I, I get it. Ethan Kalligmanis, uh, I guess freshman on the field, but he's been here uh, for two years now. When you look at Ethan Kalligmanis, and if I'm the quarterback's coach, and you've been, you've been a coach, you've, you've seen you know offenses in the NFL, college. If I were to come to you, the week of the Ohio State game and up to the season, I'm kind of putting it together, but I got a bevy of plays. If I'm coming to you, you're quarterback, I'm coordinator. And I say, hey, I, we're going to try something different because we probably have no chance to win this game. But what I want you to do is I want you to go no huddle the entire game. You and I are going to work together to try to see what you see. And then if you see man, here's the two or three routes or combos you can run. If you see mm -hmm. zone, Here's what you can do. If you count three in the box, here's what you can do. Is that something a quarterback could easily, like, not easily, but, you know, get to the line and be able to work with his coach and figure out during the game? Yeah, I mean, uh, when I was coaching and even when I was playing, you know, you find different ways. How can you create some type of momentum? How can you create an advantage? And sometimes that is changing up the tempo of, the, of, of what you're doing on offense. I always felt like I performed better in, like, a two-minute situation or two-minute style of offense. Um where you're able to kind of um, uh, play fast um, and you, you get into a flow of it, but that can backfire too as well, very easily. Yeah, okay. Again, when you're, you know, when you, yeah, you go three and out and then you put your defense out there and you've only, only ate up 40 seconds of clock or whatever it is. So that can happen. But then again, you know, what do you have to lose here? Um, you know, I think Vegas had this game pretty dang close to what it, <laughs> what it ended up showing, uh, what the final score was. But yeah, um, I would love to see it again with Ethan what's disappointing and for the whole entire team really but if you want to focus on the quarterback is we got to see him a little bit last year and everyone mm. was very excited got to see some really you know stuff that we we didn't see out of tanner or what we've seen in the previous years and we're like hey shoot we got a kid here uh this will be exciting and it just hasn't happened this season so it's almost like it's been a you know he's kind of fallen back a little bit uh from the progression that he had or he's showing late last year so that's been disappointing um you know, towards the end of the game, again, the game's out of hand, but I would love to see, he got a little, his mechanics get a little out of whack. Um, and I don't think it was a problem early in the year because, you know, we beat Nebraska and he knew he was throwing the ball decent, but your mechanics really come back to bite you in those, in those critical situations and against good opponents. And um, seeing him uh, not really going through progressions, it looked like um, really feeling the pressure he took that last sack and he really didn't need to. Then again, right. I don't know if he had any underneath a, a guy to drop it down to or anything, but he kind of ran into that sack. And that's the type of stuff that's like, Hey, regardless of who you're playing, man, you're going to be our dude for these next couple of years. We got to start working on this. You know, like uh, you hate to say it, but it's like, you got to learn from this stuff. Um, and going into this last game where you still have a chance to get bowl eligible, salvage this season, beat a rival. Um, would have loved to see a little bit more um, in this game. And hopefully we can see it next week against Wisconsin. I want to stay on that note with both of you. So heading into this kind of season outlook of what has happened with Ethan Kalik Mass's ups and downs, and there's been some positives, but there's also been some, been some negatives. How do you head into the next season? Do you go to the transfer portal to have someone to push in competition or have the guys kind of push each other to see who comes out the best? Or do you keep fully investing or what is the approach that the Gophers should be looking at as they head into an off season as well? Well, I'll say, yeah, you do. You hit the portal. You have to. Not so much to say this is your replacement, but there yeah. should never be a chance on the field. And this is the problem with college football in the transfer portal, to be honest. 
when I played and Adam probably dealt with this too, there were always guys behind you that were either ready to play eventually or could play right away or were good enough to eventually play. And not to say they were better than you, but they were right there with you. Like you felt like you were competing a little bit. Now with the portal, when, when guys actually show that type of ability and they feel like they should be playing, they just transfer out. And I think that's the only issue you're going to find with trying to find somebody else to sit there. Because if you do bring a guy in and he does start to threaten Ethan, does Ethan stay? You know, and I think that's the tough thing about college football is he does have a kid coming in, the, uh, the, the kid that committed, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the uh, recruiting class. And he, you know, reassured everybody because everybody was like tweeting and talking about it, like, oh, is he going to leave now after PJ gets beat by Michigan? And he kind of reaffirmed his commitment to Minnesota. And so maybe that is the kid to come in. Maybe he realized, look, I I'm going to redshirt for a year and then one more year Ethan has to play and then it should be my shot. So I'll be able to play as a redshirt sophomore. And that's what like Alabama does. That's what, you know, you look at UCLA and, and Dante Moore. He was the number one player in the country out of Detroit Martin Luther King High School, goes to UCLA. Everybody's like, oh, he's up and coming 6'5", 230-pound Cam Newton, and he's struggling. When you look at completion percentage in the nation, he is 103rd, and he was the best player in the nation coming out of high school. So it's not like an a, a, a absolute recipe. Because like, if Dante Moore, because I know the kid, he went to my high school. If he comes to Minnesota, because I know at one point early when he was like a sophomore, Minnesota, P.J. Fleck went to Detroit. He went to the camp, saw him. So it could have happened. But what will we have gotten out of him? Not to say he's not great. He's not going to be great down the road because he, I mean, he was a Gatorade All-American. He was the best player in the country. He's better than, uh, what's his name, uh, Arch Manning. But he's struggling right now at UCLA as a freshman. But that's the problem. You put a young kid in front of the Wolves, it's going to be some, some struggles. And maybe we're seeing a little bit of that right now. I don't know. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, no, I would agree. So I remember, like, when I was playing, I always felt like, I, I, I always practiced like I was the number two guy. Like I always had to prove myself every single day. And I hope uh, every starter or every guy on the team feels like plays like that. And that gets you better as a team. But yeah, this, this new day and age of the transfer portal uh, is different. I would, I would hate to be a coach these days where you not only have to recruit high school kids, but you have to recruit the kids on your team still for them yeah. so that they don't lose. And how, how do you create competition without um, – upsetting somebody or losing somebody that um, may want to go to a, a, a you know better opportunity. But I agree with you. I think it doesn't hurt to look. Now, my my question would be, if we do go, yeah, there's my, my son here watching the game with me. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, was when you look at the system, if I'm a kid in the portal uh, or a high school kid, is this a system you want to go play with as a wide receiver or as a quarterback? Is this like, if I'm a running back, yeah, I'd love to, right? Because you're going to get the ball. But um you, you always have to be looking for the, somebody that can come in. You, as, a, as, a, as fans or even as coaches, you're always wanting to find the best that's available. Um, I just don't know what's out there. Um, but Ethan has shown the signs. It's a matter of how can we best get his best performance consistently. Correct. And we just haven't had that. So I don't know if that's um, a confidence thing, uh, if it's a coaching thing. Um, I think it has to come down to a little bit of confidence, right? Because uh, that's everything as a quarterback. If you lose your confidence, you, you I don't care how good or talented you are. If you don't have confidence, uh, you're not going to be able to perform. So I would love to be able to see uh, like Ethan really take this season um, and watch the film, which is the hardest part, right? And really be critical in yourself and then take this last opportunity to end the season on a high note, hopefully, and then go into this off season and re-earn his spot uh, and take it to the next level.
I love those thoughts. I want to get a little bit more into some season talk, and then we're going to talk about the Wisconsin matchup coming up, which will have a bowl game on the line as well. We're going to talk about that coming up next, but first we have to talk about some friends of the show. First, I got to talk to you about prize picks. If you like daily fantasy sports made easy, then boy, do I have the thing for you because they have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous amount of selections of players and stat types to choose from, which makes them the number one daily fantasy sports app. All you got to do is press simply over or under on players' yardage, totals, touchdowns, over points, rebounds, whatever sport you're looking at. And if you get it right, if you string them all together, you can win up to 25 times your money. Now, if you were on this, go game picking your stat lines you probably would have want to press the under and you probably cashed in on today but we'll have more coming up for the wisconsin matchup so go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college again that's promo or promo code locked on college and you will get up to 100 matched in a deposit you put in 100 you'll get 100 back that's 200 immediately in your account with promo code locked on college prizepicks.com slash locked on college prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy all right, so we are talking after this hard loss, 37-3 to against Ohio State, but we're giving more of a season-long outlook, a little bit of things that we can hopefully take into next season or even into this next matchup against Wisconsin. And with, I want to ask both of you, with the new schools coming to the Big Ten, seeing how this season has went and some of the games that we've dropped, like Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, which felt like they should have been wins, how do you review this season? What is Minnesota going to honestly have to ask itself when it comes to this offseason? Yeah, this offseason, uh, when you look at UCLA, USC, the teams are going to have to play next year. You even add Oregon and Washington, which are going to go to the Big Ten Championship scenario situation. Uh, you take away the East and the West, so now we don't even know what the format. I hope they do a, a quad system. Um, when you think about like what the NFL became of the quads in within the four teams and so on and so forth, like I feel like the Big Ten at some point maybe needs to look into that. One, you create more uh, inner squad rivalry. So you put Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa in one and you throw one other team in there. I wouldn't mind that because then you can go play so and so or, you know, I think you got to do what five teams got to be in there. You can go play so and so. And that team now wins and then they go play the next team and then they'll, you know, you get a final four and then you get a final two. And now the Big Ten creates a football final four. One, selfishly from a money standpoint, two, it still gives the Cofers a chance to make the Big Ten championship. If you just go back to the old school ways where just the top two teams are going to go to the championship and that's what Michigan wants and Ohio State, because I feel like they, they since it switched, they know that it's only one or the other. It can't be both anymore. Um and that's what we might get. And so if that goes back to that, it's going to become for a while, at least a Michigan, Ohio State, Big Ten championship every year. And then Minnesota is going to have to try to stay out of the basement. And so I, I think this offseason, the, the look needs to be of like, what are you going to be? Glenn Mason, if we were to put stars on his recruits, I don't even know what you would give some of us. But what you got out of us was NFL talent. You got dogs. You got guys willing to go put it on the line every play. And I think sometimes people look into these stars too much and who else has offered so-and-so and who else. Like Marion Barber, Lawrence Maroney, myself, Adam Weber, Karan Riley, Styles G. White. I mean, you can go down the list of guys and, you know, Eric Decker, Nate Triplett, uh, you know, Devondre Campbell. I know he came under kill. I mean, you you could Antoine Winfield Jr. was under kill. You can go Tyrone Carter. I mean, Willie Middlebrooks, like you can throw names out there and look at the talent that made it to the NFL. We didn't have the, the the accolades and the stars per se, but what we were were a good group of guys that can win you eight or nine games. And I think that's what Minnesota needs to focus on because you win eight or nine games, 
you might end up knocking off one or two giants you're not supposed to beat and you put yourself in that in that conversation but that's the formula glenn mason had he ran the crap out the ball you switch over to like jed fish and i know adam dealt with that they were a passing team like you just have to figure out who you are like what do you have who you are and what are you going to do with it when you had eric decker and ernie will right and you know you say you know what we're going to pass the ball like we we got matt spaith like we're passing when i was there we passed the ball my senior year before that we ran the ball when i left they ran the ball because they had lawrence maroney and Marion Bar- you know it's like everybody you got to ride the ebbs and flows of what you have and i think sometimes people get stuck in like this is what i want to do um and i think that's what this offense needs to be looked at what what do you want to be who what, what's your identity um because roll the boat is great but what is the identity of the offense you know what is the identity we already kind of know the identity of the defense but what is the identity you know like you look at the vikings defense the identity is we're gonna blitz the crap out of you and we don't care what the down and distance is yeah. Brian Flores is stuck to that. That's why I heard on the broadcast, uh, Ohio State says, oh, we're a three-safety team. Brian Flores was already doing that. But now Ohio State like actually says we live off our three safeties, and everybody's like, oh, man, that's a great philosophy. Brian Flores was already doing that. He was living off three safeties in Miami. He bought it to Minnesota. It works. And so what, what is the goal for, you know, like get, get an identity. What are you going to be? Like Ohio State this year was Marvin Harrison Jr. Like literally, that was their identity. That's okay to be a one-man team, but – this offseason for the Gophers, with all these new guys coming, you got to find an identity of what your offense is going to be. Yeah, and, and to, yeah, that, to that point, just say sorry, just the, like yeah, the, the Big Ten's only going to get harder, right? It's going to get more complicated mm-hmm. with these teams coming in. Travel's going to get harder. All this, all the things, um, only get more difficult for us uh, as Minnesota. And we uh, this season where we could have positioned ourselves against a really tough schedule to. I mean, shoot, uh, a few games ago where we had actually had a chance, we could have backed into the West, right, and won it. Um, and we found a way to, like, let that slip through our hands. And now in looking ahead, it only gets harder. And, Ron, to your point, when it comes to recruits and recruiting stars and all that stuff, I think I, I read somewhere I've heard where, you know, that – I think we briefly lost him quick right there. No, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry, oh, dog. Um, was um, um, like three, three and a half stars, three stars are like the average type of guy in the NFL. So – to your point, uh, development is huge. And I think in PJ's style or his culture, it's hard to get the, those those top recruits, those five four-star guys. We're just not going to get them. So you need to develop, right? And then now with the transfer portal, how do you develop guys and keep them here long enough to develop them? That's the, yep. the battle there. So um, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, the definition of insanity, right, is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. If we want to do something different, changes are going to have to be made. We got to yeah. look at it differently. What we see with the Vikings do with KOC, it's dynamic offensive play calling and play design. And on defense with Flores, you know, again, being very aggressive, they're putting themselves in positions to, to, to win games where I feel like we just, uh, this year, uh, this season, especially for Gophers, we kind of just have been showing up and be like, this is what we are. And uh, if it works, great. You know, we'll, again, hold the ball for 40 minutes and win by three points and that's fine, right? But um, I'd love to see us um, really take the pieces we have in place, uh, the players we have, and, and maximize their abilities instead of forcing that that square pig into a, a circle hole type deal. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. The last question I'm going to ask here before we turn our, our look towards Wisconsin and the rivalry matchup and whatnot, I do want to ask, is there any positive takeaways that you saw in this game that the Gophers can maybe hone in on moving forward into the final game season? Anything that stood out to you from this one against Ohio State? Yeah, so you, Adam. Uh, our kicking game. We can kick field goals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, a 54 yard is pretty impressive. Right. So um, no, yeah. I mean, unfortunately not really. Right. It was, this is a very um, deflating game. We knew it was gonna be tough, all that stuff. Um, but shoot, you look at like the, what was the spread against Bowling Green when Bowling Green uh, beat us uh, last year, two years ago. Right. I think it was like 30 some points. So yeah. those type of upsets can happen. Shoot. And we could, even if we didn't win this game to at least compete would have been uh, refreshing. Um, so challenging but i do know we're playing a, a really um defeated wisconsin team uh it's not the wisconsin of old or at least not yet uh, so they're kind of in their their transitional phase so hopefully we can sneak a win get bowl eligible get out of this season get those extra practices all that stuff uh, win a game at uh, at home get the you know keep the axe here all that stuff so mm-hmm. have everybody all the donors everybody happy that um you know, we, we at least end the season on a high note um, and, and get to a somewhat of a, I don't even know what bowl game would be probably, you know, a lower tier bowl game. But either way, it's really those extra practices that you're getting, right, and development. So um, that's, I don't think there's much we can take away from this game. Um, there was really low, really no highlights. You know, again, on offense, I think they showed a stat on, the, on TV where we had six first downs and Ohio State had six on that one drive alone. Yeah. So, um I don't know if it's as coaches, you just say, let's not even watch the tape. Let's just get move on to Wisconsin. But it, you. Yeah. To Adam's point, I was going to say, like, I would, I would say throw the, not say throw the film away. Um, I wouldn't throw the film away, but I, I would say, I don't know if there's much we need to watch. The one thing I would show, this is what I would show. And I wouldn't, I, w- I don't know if I would show it. Cause I'm, I'm, I grew up in a different era. I grew up in the MFU screw you shut up. Uh, just play football, but we we're gonna have a respectful conversation after. We're gonna be boys on the bus. We're gonna kick it in practice. But when it's time to get your ass chewed out, you're gonna get your tail chewed out. And that's just how I grew up with my dad. That's how I grew up. Like I mean, we were a different era of kid. Uh, we used to get, which is probably not great. I don't know if it is or not, but we used to get paddled in high school when we made mistakes. Like, and I mean like bad mistakes. Like stayed out past curfew. Uh, somebody got drunk uh you know whatever cursed out a teacher got kicked out of class like stuff that really needed correction before you ended up kicked out of school or kicked off the team we were a different mindset and so i look at players now and when i when i think about what could be done and and maybe this is in private because you don't want to publicly in front of the whole team show them where they did wrong because praise and uh praise in public you know kind of discipline in private i would put together clips of mistakes every guy made that i think i need to sit down and have a conversation with and show them uh, Daniel Jackson running a slant route versus man coverage, double slant. If you have double slant, the inside guy is going to go now because he wants to clear it out space for you. There's no reason to dance and dance yeah. and dance. I hate that because Stefan Diggs can do it because he scares the crap out of DBs. Jamar Chase can do it and Justin Jefferson can do it because DBs are scared. Daniel Jackson, you're not scaring Ohio State's DBs, so there's no purpose of doing that. Uh, you watch Marvin Harrison run a slant. He's just boom, boom, boom. Old school. Like, why? Because of his dad. Like, his dad's like, dude, don't do all this. You 6'4", bro. Mm-hmm. Like, attack him now. Get inside. And you saw his touchdown. One step, bang, go now. It was a now route. When you think about Brevin Spanford dropping the pass, uh, the, the, the zone run and the offensive line getting spooked about a potential outside blitz, but you let the inside guy go, and he blew up the run game. Little stuff like that where it's like, look, it's a run play inside. F the guy outside. Screw the guy outside. Why are you worried about the guy outside? Deal with the front four. 
let this guy still blitz. He's going to run by us. Let the quarterback, because it's a zone read, I can see him to my strong side. Let me handle him. And so little stuff like that, I think, you know, you have to be able to, like, hit home. Like, here was the right call, but you guys didn't execute. You dropped this pass. You ran the wrong route. Blah, 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 blah. Like, you got to chew into him a little bit so they understand. And I think that's the only thing you can take from this film. For sure. We're going to move on to Wisconsin. That's what we're talking about coming up next. A quick word from our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company because they are amazing in the non-alcoholic beer game. So if you want great tasting, award-winning non-alcoholic beers that have beat out full-strength beers in global competitions, then you need to head on over to athleticbrewing.com and give them a look. And if you like the varieties and the styles that the beers have in different varieties and brands, well, Athletic Brewing also has that with their non-alcoholic brews as well. They have 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golden sours, and more. And the best part of all is no hangovers. So head on over to athleticbrewing.com or check out their offerings at a store near you. But if you go online to athleticbrewing.com, use promo code locked on for 15% off your first online order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic Brewing Company and athleticbrewing.com in near beer and exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's wrap up this postcast. We have the Axe matchup coming up, the big rivalry for Minnesota, and a bowl game on the line. So what are the biggest things that Minnesota has to do or clean up in preparation for this Wisconsin game? Both teams are struggling. Both teams could come out with a victory. So what's the big things Minnesota has to look inward for this week? Well, the good thing is they're not going to deal with a receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr. for the rest of their life. Um, the next one is like the big runs or the, the explosive run plays by Ohio State. We don't know if Braylon Allen's going to play. We'll see tonight if he even plays against Nebraska because I think, what, two hours before kickoff? It might have just be starting right now. So we'll we'll see if Braylon Allen. If Braylon Allen doesn't play against Nebraska, he probably doesn't play against Minnesota because he's getting ready for the NFL and he wants to be 100% healthy because he'll probably be first, second, you know, late first round, maybe second round pick. Um, he's a you know NFL prototype. If he does play, you got to be able to shoot him out. I remember playing against Ron Dane, not me personally, I have to tackle him, but watching him uh, for a couple years. And as a Heisman candidate, sorry, Heisman winner, let me be real with that. Um, I know our, our week preparation going into playing against Ron Dane was shoot his legs out. Multiple people have to hit him, you know, and, and rally tackle. You can't try to let be one-on-one in the hole. And that's what Wisconsin run. I mean, even if it's not Braylon Allen, they have running backs and their offensive line is big and strong. So going into this game, it, it, it's nine on seven drill every day of, of practice. Like you got to go nine on seven live. You got one week left. There's no reason. Like if you lose, you're, you rest up anyway. So you should have some heavy week of, of nine on seven drill, get ready to tackle linebackers have to be ready. But the problem, and we've talked about this, the youthfulness of the linebackers, they have not like my Maverick Baranowski and Cody Lindenberg, both not playing is tough. And so now you're asking these younger inexperienced DBs to, or sorry, linebackers have to come in and deal with a run game like that. And, 
that's why I would say I would I would I would drill the crap out of them out of that. Plus, then also in nine oh seven, you still have the play action to the tight end because that's what Nebraska or sorry Wisconsin does. So that's kind of what I really hit on. I'm not scared of their receivers. Um, I'm worried about their run game and that pop pass to their tight ends. Yeah, and I think Ron, you hit on it. And, and like coming from this game, uh, hit on it was um, there are plenty of mistakes that we just made. It's not like Ohio State like outmanned us. Like there's definitely uh, situations where that happened, but. We made a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of linebacker run-throughs. You hit onto the Daniel Jackson against man, the slant dancing. Those are stuff you can teach up, right? And you can yeah. get better. So as cliche as it is going to this, this final game, it's like it's not about Wisconsin. It's about being the best that we can be with the players we have. And um, how does Rossi uh, protect those inexperienced linebackers? Um, you know, that's going to be a challenge, but it is what it is, right? That, that it's, you can wish and want all you want to have more experience better talent but with the team we have we, we're capable of beating wisconsin and mm -hmm. that's how we have to go into this week is as they do every single week uh is this is a one game championship season and that's how they look at it you know right like move on from this ohio state game plenty of stuff to learn from um but let's just play our best football that we can at this time of year to give everybody uh that that sweet feeling of just winning against an, uh, a rivalry game regardless of what the records are um, it would been it would be great, right? If if we were playing, if the game mattered like it would for the Michigan Ohio State game. But mm -hmm. for us and Wisconsin, this is that game for us, uh, for both fan bases to have that pride. So there'll be plenty of stuff, and coaches will talk about, but um, uh, plenty of stuff to clean up. I agree with you, Ron. Too, it's like I'm sure they already do nine on seven a bunch in practice. But yeah, maybe go live. You know, give you know. <laughs> uh, anything is open going into this week because we need we need to win this game. This has to happen. If we don't win this game, oof, it's going to be a long off season. Oh, yeah. People are already starting to um, uh, uh, call for PJ a little bit, right? Uh, the noise is starting to, to ramp up a little bit. The heat is picking up. If you lose this game against Wisconsin, uh, it's going to you'll start start hearing a lot of noise for what's next. So to avoid that, to nip that in the butt. Uh, you're going to have to play your best football, give it with the players we have possible this next this next week. Absolutely. And I have a curious question for y'all because Ethan cooked versus Wisconsin last year, his best game of his young career, probably by far. So when you, as both of you have been players for the Gophers and you've had some absolute balling games, when you go and face a team like that, that you see again, that next season, do you have a little bit of an extra chip on your shoulder, a little bit more confidence to you knowing you had success last year, knowing it's a different, a different team, a different uh, strategy or different core personnel but you knew that you you did well last year does that bring a little extra emphasis maybe an extra confidence for eighth and heading into the last week uh for receiver me personally no like i if it, it was different dbs and, and schemes every year depending on the team like ohio state i killed them the next year we came back i had an okay game but it was just a different group of dbs um you know wisconsin and iowa i don't think you need anything to really treat this like a big game like no matter what our record when we played wisconsin my senior year we had no shot at going to a bowl game we were four and i think six going because we only played 11 games back then we were like four and six i think going into that last game and we beat wisconsin and we didn't care that we weren't going to a bowl game we just knew we had to beat wisconsin um and so that's the mindset too like it shouldn't you shouldn't have to get up 
for a football game because you only get so many anyway in college. That was my senior day, my senior year, had no shot at going to a bowl game, but I still was like, you know what, we're going to still go out here and put on the show and try to get this ax. And that's what I hope like these seniors do because they're going into this game five and six. They do have an opportunity to be qualified for a bowl game, but it still shouldn't matter. Um, but no, for me personally, year in and year out, I don't think it mattered what I did the year before. I think you do kind of look at like the, the season weaknesses of teams like if this team you know struggles at defending the pass or you know this db has been terrible then you kind of can say hey man come after come you know let me get it but i don't adam can speak from a quarterback standpoint on defense uh yeah no i i, I don't know if if, if the uh, prior year success carries into the to the following year um i i look at it as for, as an entire team this is the last potentially last game hopefully they they, they can win and get an extra one but this is the last time to stamp your legacy of this season, right? You only have so many games to play as a gopher and um, that's your legacy, right? And how do you want to be remembered? Beating Wisconsin is always something that's important. That's something I can say, you know, I, we never did when for my four years that we were, uh, that I was there and that eats, that eats at you. The fact that they, they're now two, they're back-to-back -back wins. I think out? we saw where we, he okay. was going with on that one, but I want to wrap it up with this real quick. Last question, and we'll wrap up this postcast after a tough loss, but looking towards Wisconsin, does potentially beating both rivals give a little bit of an extra stamp to the season, knowing it wasn't as successful as you wanted, knowing you know the bowl game might not be as high level of bowl game as you'd want if you were to get the win, but just keeping both of those victories in the same season, which doesn't happen too often, does that feel like a bit of success for the younger players as they continue to carry forward and for the seniors as a send-off? What are the thoughts on potentially winning both rivalry games to close out the season? Yeah, Adam. You know, I, I would say, you know, listen to PJ, right? He said uh, when he first took the job, all the donors said, as long as you beat Iowa and Wisconsin, you'll be, you'll be safe. <laughs> so uh, this is an important one. But, yeah, there, there's no question that um, this is um, – rivalry games are important. Home games are important. Love to see the fans show up. Hopefully it's not a sea of red. Um, but even if it is, let's shut them up, you know. Um, get a good win. And yeah, regardless of the bowl game, it's those extra practices that are huge. I mean, that's so much development happens in those extra practices that you miss out on if you're not bowl eligible. And it's just a, such a major step back in the progress of the PJ Fleck era uh, by not becoming bowl eligible here. It's such a massive step back. Uh, that'll be really, it's so hard to, to overcome. So yes, beating Iowa, beating Wisconsin, very, very important. It doesn't uh, fix everything, but it sure helps. Yeah, for me, I'd say, like, I thought about this too today. I would rather be 10 and 2 and lose to Iowa, Wisconsin, than to be 5 and 6 heading into a chance to beat Wisconsin to have both trophies. I'm just like, we could say whatever we want. I think that's tongue in cheek uh, when donors say crap like that. They would definitely rather be 10 and 2 and not even sniff the axe or the pig every year because if you move forward the way the Big Ten is going to look, 10 and 2, I think. The way it's going to look and i don't know maybe ohio state and Minnesota, michigan still might be undefeated but you, you would have an opportunity well probably not because then you probably beat one of them uh would give you a chance to be in the big 10 championship or at least a better bowl um other than like beating wisconsin because wisconsin and iowa in the west or, or the way it is now if you're 10 and 2 and you lose to those two attrition and just cannibalism they're going to take each other out uh with the rest of the west and so yeah 10 and 2 lose to those two i'll take that over five and six and beating those two and or six and six even and beating those two that's just me
No, I appreciate the perspective, and I know the Gophers fans will love to hear all of that, those insights from former legends as well. So that's going to do it for us on today's postcast. I want to thank both of you for joining the show and talking about this Gophers loss against Ohio State, but what we can look forward to and what we need to turn inwards for that Wisconsin matchup. That's going to do it for us on this Gophers postcast. We will see you next week after the Wisconsin game. Until then, Row the boat, Sky Yumago Gophers, and be sure to follow over at Locked On Minnesota Sports. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.